Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home and as always... There's beer and soda in the fridge. Today, my guest on the show is technically my top 10 albums of 2017. I wanted to take some extra time for anybody that's curious to dissect these albums just a little bit. I don't want to spend fucking 10 million hours on this, but... I want to share with you the albums that I liked the most this year, maybe talk about a few that I liked that aren't on this list, and we'll see where it goes. I've never done a solo episode before, so here's to hoping it is okay. Also, I just want to clarify that I'm not saying this is the top 10 definitive, no questions asked albums of the year. These are just my favorites and it's not up for debate. This is just what I like. So don't come at me some kind of way. I'm sure whatever you like is fucking fantastic and you have all the excellent reasons in the world for liking it. But I shouldn't assume everyone out there is going to be so negative about this and I'm really hoping that you get something out of this. I hope you find an album that you didn't know about and I hope it, you know, changes your life. Well, maybe that's a little dramatic, but I think I've talked enough. Let's get into it. First thing I want to do is address some albums that aren't on my list that I think were really good albums, but were just either lacking in one way or just didn't impress me or really bring anything super new to the table. And these are mainly from bands that are already established artists. And I'll just throw it out there right now. Bjork, At The Drive-In, Converge, Glassjaw, and Brand New. And I know that there's a whole nother thing around Brand New right now and whether or not we as human beings with decent moral standing should support them or not. Regardless of that, Science Fiction was a really good fucking album. But it was a Brand New album. It really didn't bring anything new to the table musically, creatively, or anything like that. It's a good record, but it just didn't wow me. And that's the same thing with the other albums that I just mentioned. The new Bjork album, personally, I feel like, you know, she's on this quest of becoming more and more self-indulgent with every release. I am personally more of a fan of her more accessible stuff. I think that Vespertine is her best release. It's definitely one of my favorite albums of all time. Moving forward, though, with everything post-Vespertine, she's just lost me more and more and more. I still respect her. I love her to death, but I have a hard time connecting with her music in the way that I used to. At the drive-in, fucking great to hear them put out new music, but I mean, it sounds like at the drive-in. It's awesome that didn't sound like they skipped a beat from Relationship of Command, but at the same time, it didn't bring anything new to the table. It was the most that I could hope for from a new at the drive-in record, but Without that element of new, I find that I'm just going to still listen to old At The Drive-In if I want to listen to At The Drive-In. There's really nothing super compelling about the new material that's going to bring me into it. 
to listen to it again and again. And that's honestly the same issue with the Glassjaw and the Converge albums as well. You know, they're both great albums. The Converge album is fucking punishing as shit. Every time they drop an album, it's like I'm reminded of like, oh, Converge is the fucking truth. This is fucking heavy and you cannot fuck with it. Like on a sonic level, the songwriting is so tight. The production is great. But again, it's just not surprising me in any way. You know, it's a fucking Converge album and I don't expect anything less from them, but the bar that they continue to set higher and higher with every release. But I feel like I'm going to be saying, but a lot and I apologize. It doesn't bring anything new to the table for me. So it's hard for me to get excited about it because I've been listening to Converge for, you know, over half of my life, you know, since I was like fucking like 14 or 15 years old. I've been listening to this band and they've always, you know, set the bar higher and higher with each release, but it's all in the same realm. And after a while, it just kind of becomes par for the course to be expected. And the album's fantastic, but... I think there's a lot of other artists that I'm going to get into that I think are doing things that are more exciting and interesting and just innovative in terms of music as a whole and moving forward with, I don't want to say the future of music, but just moving forward with new ideas and concepts that I personally find more exciting. And again, uh, yeah, that's the same thing with the Glassjaw album. I actually feel that material control is a step backwards for Glassjaw. The album is good and there's some great songs on it, but I really, really was a huge fan of the evolution that they were taking when they released Coloring Book. I felt like that was an awesome step in a different direction for them. And understandably, they lost their rhythm section, drummer and bass player. They got new guys in, wrote new songs. But this album sounds like something that it would have came out like straight after Worship and Tribute, which is fine. But it's almost as if Coloring Book never existed, and I really liked the direction that all that stuff was going. Same thing with Converge, though. You know, I've been listening to Glassjaw for, you know, the past 15 years of my life, and to hear music that sounds like what they were doing 15 years ago, it's just, it's cool, but it's not blowing me away. You know, if I want to listen to Glassjaw, I'm probably going to end up listening to Coloring Book or something older. You know, it's just, it's not top 10 worthy for me personally, because it's just been there, done that, heard it before, seen it. And yeah, some other albums that I want to talk about this year that, let me think, uh, the new Paramore album. I know a lot of people know that I am a fan of Paramore. I have been for a while. I think that in terms of pop rock, they're one of the best bands around in the past decade for doing that kind of stuff. But, you know, I will admit that over the course of their last two releases, they have lost me. I do think they have some great singles. Uh, Told You So, that's on the new album, I think is one of the best songs the band's ever written. But as a whole, this album is just, it just, eh. I, I wrote like a really detailed review on it earlier in the year when it came out on Facebook. Maybe some of you saw it. If not, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's a Paramore album. That's not the end of the fucking world. Not the worst pretty good, but not top 10 worthy. Uh, the new Tycho album that came out this year, I guess that's kind of also in the same conversation with the albums I mentioned before, just really good album, but it's a fucking Tycho album, you know, not bringing any new ideas to the table. 
The new Circa Survive album, I thought, was some of their strongest material they've released in a while. But again, it sounds like Circa Survive. One album that did really impress me, but it unfortunately just came out way too late in the year, like a week or two ago, would be the new Faceless album. The album is fucking really, really cool, and it's bringing a lot of stuff to the table that I haven't really heard in a extreme metal album before. And I think that, you know, it, this is an album that's probably really going to grow on me. And maybe even though it was released in 2017, you might see it on my top 10 for next year. I feel like anything that's released in December should get a, a free pass in terms of these end of the year lists go. Uh, the album's great. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you should check it out. I think their last album came out like in 2012. So it's been almost five years since they released an album and uh it's pretty fucking awesome so i like that a lot another thing that came out this year that was really cool was the dog fashion disco re-recording of their first album or reimagination however you want to say it the name of the album is erotic massage if you've if you're not a fan of dog fashion disco but the production and like the the reworking of these songs is fucking awesome. And I was like really battling with myself on if I could even technically include this on my top albums of the year. I feel like it should definitely be because I have not been able to stop listening to it. But since I feel like it's a reimagining of music that they fucking released forever ago like god i don't even fucking know off the top of my head when that album came out uh probably like 1997 if i had to guess somewhere around there anyways i see we're getting to about 10 minutes here so we should really get into this top 10 but before we do that i just want to let you all know about two different playlists that i made on spotify one has a selected track from each of these top 10 albums which i will be previewing as well on this podcast. And I have a second playlist that I made that is Sykes 2017 top 20 singles. And that playlist is all songs from albums or just random releases or EPs that aren't on my top 10 list, but material that I think is really cool. And you should check out. This was a great year for music and there's a lot to dig into. So if you feel like, you missed some things this year, definitely check out the 2017 Top 20 Singles playlist and check out the playlist that I made for my Top 10, which is just Sykes' 2017 Top 10 albums. I'll put links to those in the description to both playlists. So hope you check those out. And then here we go. My Top 10 Albums of 2017. Let's dig in.
right, that was a short clip from the track Humus off of the Igor album Savage Sinusoid. And that is number 10 on my list for the year. It may seem like a bunch of nonsense, but I assure you it's not. This is, aside from being one of the most ridiculous albums I've heard in a very long time, it's probably one of the most technical albums I've also heard, not only from a production standpoint, but also a music and performance standpoint. There are no samples on this album for anybody that isn't familiar with Igor. He is a solo artist, producer, musician, engineer from somewhere in Europe, I think. And he basically just works with a ton of studio musicians. And uh, if you're into that clip that you just heard, the rest of the album's well worth checking out. It goes all over the place from glitchy IDM drum and bass stuff to atmospheric black metal to like traditional classic stuff to just straight up metal to like even like 8-bit sounding stuff it's really all over the place it's a really interesting listen definitely fun if you are someone that likes serious music that is very good at not taking itself too seriously Igor Savage Sinusoid check it out up next would be my Number nine, album of the year. I'm going to play you a clip here from the song Drive by the band Brutus off of the album Burst. Here we go. Again, that was the track Drive from the band Brutus off of their debut album, I should mention, Burst. A little background on Brutus. They are a three-piece band. They are from Belgium, and they are fucking awesome. You know, they're like part post-rock, part black metal, part hardcore, part like math rock. Uh, just like a good blend of all of these other things that all uh, cater to probably my favorite thing about any band ever, which is just a really clever use of dynamics, being able to structure songs that just go, you know, take you on a ride, like some roller coaster type bullshit. Uh, this band's really good at doing that, and they crafted a really fucking awesome album. So if that clip tickled your fancy at all or if my description seemed like something you'd be into you should definitely definitely give brutus 
a shot and keep an eye out for them. I think over the next few years, they're going to be making a lot of noise and some really cool music. So number eight on my list for the year is an album by the artist Scaddle. The album is titled Sketch, and the clip that you just heard is from the first track on the album, In the Zone. And as you can tell, Scaddle is a electronic artist kind of dabbling in the synthwave genre. But unlike a lot of the other synthwave stuff that has come out in the past few years, there's something that just seems a lot more genuinely vintage about the production on the Scattle record. You know, kind of more lo-fi, simple songs, not very over-the-top, in-your-face, aggressive synth stuff, which is awesome. I have nothing against that, but this release is a really cool breath of fresh air and just something that's like a lot more like laid-back, late-night, drive-in, chill, but still get you in the mood to like go do something cool type of music, I guess. Anyways, this is a really cool release and you should definitely check it out. Scandal actually has a bunch of releases available on Bandcamp. So if you're someone that's into supporting DIY music, underground type shit, Scaddle's a really cool artist in the electronic community doing some really cool synth wavy slash house dance techno, electronic, music, whatever you want to call it. You know, I support it 100%. This release is great. Yes. Number eight, Scaddle Sketch. Dig it. Next on my list, number seven, would be a release by a band called The Annex. And the name of the album is Ephemeral. I'm going to play you a clip from a track right now. And the name of that track is Remnants of Us. Here it goes. Said that you were mine, you can 
Once again, that was the track Remnants of Us from the album Ephemeral by The Annex. And that is number seven on my list of the top 10 albums of 2017. The Annex is a three-piece band from L.A. doing, obviously, as you just heard, dark, electronica, you know, super heavy uh, Depeche Mode influence. And they honestly remind me a lot of a band that some of you might remember called Inner Party System. They're not as guitar-driven, at least not on this album. This is the first time I've come across the Annex, but doing some research on their back catalog. They've been a band since 2000, so going on 16 years now. They have a bunch of releases. I think that from what I've seen, they used to be more guitar-driven, but I think on this release, they focused on doing more of a synthesizer-based approach, and I'm not mad at it at all. This album's great. If you are a fan of like Violator-era Depeche Mode or... Like I mentioned just a few moments ago, Inner Party System, which that was obviously a very heavily Depeche Mode influenced band as well. I think you'll really like this album. Again, this is another band that seems to be really flying under the radar. Um, most of the information I'm finding out about this band is through their Bandcamp page and their website. I think that they are signed to Cleopatra Records, or they were at some point in time. I'm not sure if they released this album through Cleopatra or not, considering it's on their own Bandcamp page, but music industry is weird nowadays. I don't know what the fuck anybody's doing. Anyways, uh, yes, number seven for the year, the Annex Ephemeral. Definitely give it a spin. It's a fantastic record, and I'm really looking forward to digging into this band's back catalog since they have so much that I've never heard before. Moving forward, we're going to crank things up just a bit with my number six album of the year and this would be from a band called septic flesh the album is codex omega and the track that we're going to listen to is a clip from a song called dark art enjoy was a clip from the track Dark Art by the band Septic Flesh. 
off of the album Codex Omega, which is number six on my list for the year. And as you've just heard, Septic Flesh, if you are unaware, is an incredibly intense yet amazing symphonic, extreme, black, metal, whatever subgenre of metal you want to classify it as. It, it doesn't fucking matter. They're fucking intense. That's how I classify Septic Flesh. They're, I want to say monumental. That seems a little bit extreme of a word to use, but they're pretty fucking monumental, especially in terms of just album production and songwriting and just crafting these intensely heavy but like undeniably beautiful just works of art i think that you know dark art in particular is a very perfect name for that song and uh the whole album in general is just it's it's flooring just the level of intensity that they are able to bring to the table I know a lot of people kind of shit on their last album, Titan, which was actually either my number one or number two album of the year when it came out. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what year that was. It was either 2013 or 2014. Yeah, 2014. And, you know, I was a huge fan of that record, but a lot of people didn't really like it. I don't know why. That's up to, you know, hey, whatever. I fucking love that album. The one thing I liked the most about that album was the drummer who performed on that album, whose name is escaping me right now, and I have a feeling I couldn't pronounce it anyways, even if I had it in front of me. He's an amazing drummer. and He's probably in another band now. To be honest, I don't keep up with the way European metal bands rotate members, because <laughs> it's just, I just can't keep up with it. I have no idea. All I know is that the drummer that played on Titan didn't play on Codex Omega, and I was really worried that I wasn't going to be a huge fan of this record, mainly because of how much the percussion added to Titan as an album. Even though Codex Omega isn't as interesting as an album in terms of the drumming and the percussion, which is probably why this album isn't higher on this list, it's still a fantastic album, and the band did a really, really good job of, I think, getting back to their roots and putting out music that is at least being more critically acclaimed in the metal community, if that's even fucking worth anything. Metal elitists give me headaches unlike any other, but that's another conversation for another podcast. I know that this album's getting great reviews, though, and I have really nothing bad to say about it other than I wish the old drummer was still in the band. That's the only negative thing I can really say about this release. So if you're into extreme metal, or just things that are insanely intense and just leave you with your jaw on the fucking floor. Codex Omega by Septic Flesh is definitely an album to check out. My number six release of the year.
What you're listening to right now is a clip from the track Huffing Paint off of the Hot Sugar album, The Melody of Dust. And this is my number five release on my top 10 albums of 2017. I don't know why I slipped into this voice, but it just happened anyways, back onto a normal track of talking. This album is nuts uh, in the most simplistic and beautiful way possible. Doing some research, I came across this album on Spotify and had never heard Hot Sugar before. And looking into this album some more and trying to figure out who this producer is. He's from New York City and he does a lot of like crazy projects based around his albums. And this album was initially a virtual reality project. And I guess it was something that debuted at South by Southwest. And it was like the original version of this. There's like what, like 80, over 80 tracks that have uh, 87, 87 songs that were produced by Hot Sugar for this Melody of Dust project. And apparently now this VR experience is available on Steam, so I got to get a hold of somebody in my friend group, which if you're listening to this now and you have Steam access or you know, like a VR thing, let me know. So cause I want to check this whole thing out. But he released uh, 13 tracks from this as a more traditional album, and that's what is number five on this list, is the album version of this VR thing that I honestly don't know too much about, and I probably shouldn't be spending all this time talking about something I know nothing about. I just think it's insane that it exists. But just speaking in terms of the music on this record, it's really cool. And it actually speaks to something that I believe very firmly in, which is the importance of artists still releasing albums versus only singles or EPs. Because I think if I would have just heard one or two tracks from this release and not had the opportunity to hear the album in its entirety, I may have completely overlooked Hot Sugar, but Listening to this album start to finish is the way I would recommend anybody listen to this album. It's continuous, you know? It's like you start and end. It's like one big piece of music that all blends and dives in with each other and has these different melodies that kind of come back in and repeat in different ways throughout the different tracks, which is probably how he was able to compose 87 tracks for the virtual reality project. A lot of it is ideas that cycle and come back around, but as a whole project, it's really cool. It's just full of these like gorgeous melodies, like very dreamlike sleepy time on these like really cool, uh, trip hop backbeats that have these really interesting, uh, just grooves and, weird syncopation things and cool stuttering stuff. And it's a, just a really awesome listening experience. And obviously one of my favorite albums of the year, I'm going to be doing some, again, I've, I've said this a lot about some of the artists on here that 
I need to, you know, dig into their back catalogs because I found out about a lot of artists this year, even artists that aren't on this list that I had never heard of before. And they've been, you know, putting out music for some of them over 10 years, some of them even longer. And, uh, there's a whole lot of good music out there. Uh, that's kind of part of the reason why I think that, you know, it's important to sometimes dig deeper than, uh, oh, you know, Glassjaw put out an album, cool. Uh, At The Drive-In put out an album, great. Converge, you know, bands I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, all fantastic bands, all some of my favorite bands of all time, but you can't just let those bands that have been doing consistently good music overshadow new artists that are doing innovative things like Hot Sugar that... Uh, I, I just, I just, you know, I think there's a value in continuously trying to seek out new artists and it doesn't devalue the greats or the legends, whatever you want to call them. I just think that a lot of people's radars sometimes stop it. Like what's just thrown in front of them by, I don't know, their, their Facebook feeds or pop culture, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. Do some research, dig around, you know, go on to some playlists online of genres of music that you don't even like, and maybe you'll be surprised. You might find some shit that you never thought you'd be into. I don't know. I'm rambling. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. So we're over the hump. We're, you know, halfway through this list. We got four more to talk about. So it's a little bit more than halfway, but again, I need to stop rambling. We got to get on to number four. What is number four? Number four is a release from Arms and Sleepers. The name of the album is Life Is Everywhere. And I'm going to play you a clip right now from a track called Fall Asleep When I'm Dead. Check it out. Yeah. Once again, that was a clip from the track Fall Asleep When I'm Dead by Arms and Sleepers off of their album Life Is Everywhere. Number four on my list for the top 10 albums of 2017. Arms and Sleepers is a musical duo. They have been putting out albums over a decade. Again, another artist, band, whatever duo, 
act, whatever you want to call them, that I just found out about this year that has apparently over 20 albums and EPs that they have released over the past decade that I need to start digging into along with all this other shit. I don't know how I'm going to find time for all this, but I'm glad that this album fell into my lap because it is fantastic. It's a great blend of trip hop, down tempo, and ambient type stuff. Really cool samples, all on like a very, very heavy hip hop backbeat. Uh, it's my understanding that Arms and Sleepers is traditionally an instrumental act, but as you heard on this clip, there is some vocals on some of the tracks on the album, and all the vocals are from MC Serengeti and Aerospace, who are another two artists that I'm not familiar with, but I really like the work that they contributed to this release. So I guess we'll add them to the list of stuff I need to check out as well. Um, this album is great. I probably, you know, I listen to this album at least one or two times a week since I found it. Uh, it's really, really great background music. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know, I'm the type of person that's always doing a lot of stuff, working on projects, whether I'm at the office or if I'm at home and this is an album that's like great to throw on my headphones and just like vibe out to while I'm getting work done. And I mean, I spend most of my time doing that. So any album that can cater to that environment is very, very easily able to become one of my favorites of the year. So yeah, number four, Arms and Sleepers, Life is Everywhere. Definitely check it out. It's probably the closest thing to a hip-hop release on this entire list, which is surprising. I normally have more hip-hop, but there wasn't a whole lot of hip-hop that I heard this year that totally blew me away. The one album I can think of that was pretty good was John Wayne, Rap Album 2. I think I might have talked about that earlier. I can't remember. That was a while ago. But that happens. There's some years that are like super heavy on hip hop and weak on metal. And then some years where it's like all electronic. It's just, it's all over the place. I think this year was a pretty good blend, but you know, just a little lacking on the hip hop end for me personally. Anyways, moving forward, we're going to get back into some metal, particularly probably, you know, some of my favorite shit. Some good old-fashioned melodic death metal. Some European no-nonsense fucking riffs. And just, uh, God damn it, this album is so fucking good. Anyways, this is an album from a band called Deserted Fear. The name of this album is Dead Shores Rising. And this track that I'm going to play you a clip from is called The Carnage. Get ready to head back. Yeah. Oh 
And that was a clip from the track The Carnage off of the album Dead Shores Rising by the band Deserted Fear, which is my number three album on my top 10 albums of 2017. We're down to the last two, top two, but I guess I should probably talk a little bit about Deserted Fear. I really, I don't know what else there is really is to say. I mean, they're a fucking awesome metal band from Germany, I think. They have, it's, this is a fucking common trend of this whole podcast. They, I just found out about them this year. They've been putting out albums for a while. I got a lot of shit to catch up on. This album is fantastic. Definitely my favorite metal release of the year. And uh, yeah, it's fucking perfect. I just really like their use of dynamics with their guitar riffs and leads, uh, blending those, you know, real intense kind of blast beaty moments with the more just sort of like hardcore, simple uh, elements, halftime stuff and whatever. It's a fucking awesome metal record. Do I really need to get that in depth with it? If you like the clip, check it out. They're an awesome band and the album will not let you down. If you didn't like the clip, you probably won't like the album. It's not rocket science. I think I'm just getting, you know, we're getting to about 45 minutes here on the podcast and I'm wondering about how much more of this any of you want to put up with. Solo episode. This is this is complicated stuff, but I think I'm doing okay. I hope I'm doing okay. Let's just get into these last two albums. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully you're all getting something out of this. I hope you're taking some notes, and I hope you're finding out about some artists that you really like, if any of you are even still listening. If you're still listening, go onto my Facebook and just like leave a, a post on my page that just says poo-poo to let me know that you're listening to this right now. I hope I get at least 25 poo-poos on my Facebook wall. If I don't, this was all for nothing. All of it. I shouldn't put that on your shoulders, but you should write poo-poo on my Facebook wall. And I should stop fucking around and just get into my number two album of the year.
And the track you just heard a clip from was 16 Psyche by the artist Chelsea Wolf off of her album Hiss Spun, which if you have lost count, this is my number two album on my list for the year. Chelsea Wolf is an artist who I've been following pretty closely for the past five, six, maybe seven years. Uh, seven might be. I'm trying to think of whenever Apocalypsis came out. I think it was actually 2011. So that was like six years ago. Holy shit. Time is flying. Anyways. Like I was saying, I've been following Chelsea Wolf for a while. And like ever since Apocalypsis came out, I've always had this idea in my head of what the ideal Chelsea Wolf album would sound like. Then in 2015, she released Abyss, which is still probably her strongest release, but it still didn't quite match what I always thought Chelsea Wolf could and should sound like. I think that that sound in terms of production was fully realized on his spun, even though like some of the songs on this album aren't as strong as the songs on abyss, but obviously this is number two on my list for the year. So by no means am I trying to shit on his spun. I think it's a fantastic record. And like I was saying, it was finally me hearing like what I always imagined Chelsea Wolf would eventually sound like all these years later, finally came around. Obviously the Kurt Blue production is a huge part of that. Me being, you know, a fan of heavy music and again, bringing up converge for anyone that doesn't know Kurt Blue is the guitar player in converge. And, uh, he recorded, produced this album and it's a great record. If, you have never checked out Chelsea Wolf before. I think you should really give her a shot. If you're a fan of fuck God, like her music just spans so many different genres, you know, folk, doom metal, industrial, electronic, ambient. It's all of that in an awesome package with a nice bow tied on it that is handed to you through the vessel that is Chelsea Wolf. One of the most exciting and cool artists I've come across in the past decade. And I haven't been let down by anything she's done. And I'm really excited for what the future holds. Cause she just keeps on putting out more and more exciting stuff. And here we are. Number one on my top 10 list. We made it. We're finally here. What is it? I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seat, even though you probably already read through the list in the description and found out what it was. But if you have no idea what this is or who this band is, I'm going to play you a clip. My number one album in 2017 is by a band called Terra Melos. And the name of the album is Trash Generator. And the track I'm going to play you a clip from is called Men's Shirt. Dig it. I've said dig it so many times, but I'm, I mean it. Dig it. Okay. Here we go. Photographs show something, show something of a big skinny 
And there you have it, folks. That was a clip from the track Men's Shirt off of the album Trash Generator by the band Terramelos. And that is my number one album of 2017. Terramelos, if you're not familiar with them, they are a band that kind of came out of that uh, post-hardcore, mathcore, weird, heavy, experimental thing in the like the the 2000s and uh over time you know they just sort of evolved the way some other bands from that evolved uh daughters is one that comes to mind even though they're like active not active whatever's going on with that band another conversation for another time but what Terra Mellos did was you know they they took this route that seems it was just like a lot more pop driven and prog driven but still so casual in its technicality it's like these songs all ride on these very smooth rails and like sometimes like the, just these weird things happen You're like wait what was that and like i find myself like rewinding it to go back and listen to these parts and it's like holy shit like where the fuck did that come from and how did it not completely throw this song off track you know the band's really good at song structure and really good at kind of in the way going back to number 10 on this list with uh igor really good at writing like very serious music that doesn't necessarily take itself super seriously on the surface you know it almost sounds like a cartoon at times but it's really really cool and fun and at the end of the day for me you know i just want something that's gonna be fun that doesn't mean that like serious music isn't fun you know i think that chelsea wolf going back to number two is a very serious artist but you know i have a lot of fun listening to her music just because of how powerful it is and going back to number three deserted fear you know it's fucking melodic death metal heavy as shit but it's fun. I just reminds me of 
growing up. So there's like a nostalgic attachment. And, you know, I grew up with metal. It's always going to be my first love. When I hear bands like that, the kind of callback bands that really made me fall in love with metal, you know, like, I mean, of course there was the Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Metallica, the stuff that I grew up on. But, you know, getting into like middle school and early high school, when you found out about bands like In Flames and At The Gates and all this stuff from overseas, you know, and then like The Haunted, which, you know, again, calling back to At The Gates and that whole time frame when those bands were at the top of their fucking game was when I was like 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, super impressionable. You know, on on state side, you know, we had Slipknot and that shit, which I liked a lot too. But, you know, coming out of my Slipknot phase, what kind of pulled me out of it was definitely like that wave of European melodic death metal, Swedish death metal. Anyways, back to Terramellos. Trash Generator is a really, really great album. It's musically top-notch. It might not be for everyone, but it's unlike anything I've heard in a very long time. I like it a lot. Obviously, it's number one. And hey, that's my opinion. You know, if anything that I brought up on this list is something that you don't agree with, I mean, then that's great. You know, that's what's important about music and art in general is that everybody has their own opinion on it. And anyways... Let's do another countdown of the top 10 from number 10 to number one. And uh, I think I'll sign off. So recapping number 10, Igor, Savage Sinusoid. Number nine, Brutus, Burst. Number eight, Scattle, Sketch. Number seven, The Annex, Ephemeral. Number six, Septic Flesh, Codex Omega. Number five, Hot Sugar, The Melody of Dust. Number four, Arms and Sleepers, Life is Everywhere. Number three, Deserted Fear, Dead Shores Rising. Number two, Chelsea Wolf, His Spun. And number one, Terramellos, Trash Generator. And that's it. My top 10 albums of 2017. I hope you enjoyed this. It was really weird talking at my computer for this fucking long by myself, but I think it was worth it. I think we did a good job. And yeah, with all this being said, I am going to sign off. For 2017, not only is this my end of the year album list this is also my last episode of the year most likely i think i'm going to take a couple weeks off to recoup i do have some new episodes already recorded for next year but you know with the end of the year got to focus on some other stuff get ready for some changes and finding ways to develop and grow the show what's the rush right fuck it my name is sykes start the beat Signing off for 2017. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.